Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson, and me, Ben Hobson, and me, Jane Maguire. Happy birthday to us. It's sort of a birthday, isn't it? Happy it's, birthday. It's a, it's a landmark figure, at least. We need to get a, a letter from whoever the podcast queen is. <laughs> it, it's winging its you, way to us. Do you think it's that Adam Buxton sends us a Oh, he definitely is podcast royalty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He, all right, good. Buckles, please send us a letter. Um, yeah, well done us. Well done us. So we're talking about um, running superstitions today and this came about as a um we put a social media post out on facebook asking people for their running superstitions and um yeah we got some we got some great responses we've got josie perry the sports psychologist coming on shortly but i thought we could just start with giving a flavor of um what some of our our readers and listeners uh do as as far as running superstitions so i'll do i'll do the first three and then we can we can we can run through so um, Andrew Bickle said, I wear a lucky T-shirt unless I have a feeling it's going to be a bad run, hot weather, lack of sleep, etc. In which case, don't wear it, therefore retaining its luckiness. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I like that balancing up, but like it's got a limited, it's got a finite amount of luck in it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then another one was, uh, my overall loop has to be counterclockwise, like on a running track. I think that by doing this for the past 20 years, my right leg was, has probably run a few more miles than my left one. That's some Roger Bahari. Uh, so yeah, some, some, some funny ones there. Um, Jane, what have you got? I've got um, some special socks and a beetroot and banana smoothie pre-race from Holly. I can I can get on board with special socks. I think everyone should have a pair. Um, and then Leslie Foster said, touching a lamppost or objects when I start and finish a run. Quite like that. Mm. Kind of tapping in, tapping out. Um, and then this one I can't get on board with sorry Janice I like it but it's mad left shoelace tied just a little bit tighter than the right one Cy Cy Mackley wrote that he has a left calf sleeve left sock and left shoe before the right side so I guess he does the whole left leg is is fully clothed before the the right is even considered Uh, never step on three drain covers that's from that's from Becca. I think that's just so, in life, though, isn't it? I do that. That's a classic one, isn't it? That's a classic. That's one. Just, we're going to get into this. The, we have very differing views on this because that's just, that, I would, that's that, just that common sense. That doesn't bother Becca. me. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. Um, I, and then uh, Rachel wrote. Rachel Walker said, "I prefer having an odd number of race on my race bib. I open the envelopes with intre- with trepidation, wondering what number I will get. I'm always slightly disappointed if it's even." That's an interesting one as well, isn't it? Yeah. 
Should we talk about? I mean, you, you, should we talk? You mentioned it, Ben, but yeah, maybe we should we should sort of talk about our own relationship with superstition because you you are kind of firmly anti-superstition. Is that fair? To I say? like that. I, like I've got a real start. Like I'm against it. No, <laughs> anyone, anyone. I've never been superstitious, so I don't I don't do anything in a particular order. Uh, I don't um, put on a shoe before one other shoe. I don't have a routine that is like, this is going to be good or bad if I don't do this sort of stuff. Um, I kind of, I mean, which I think is kind of fine. I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I think that sometimes a bit of superstition is because on a race, when it comes to race day, I think that any of the little processes is that you can take comfort in that kind of help you get ready to perform they're good. Mm. So I think that having a superstition about the, the clothes you wear or like, you know, touching the right lamppost or whatever it is, like that, I think that's probably quite a good little mental aid. I guess it's more that, yeah, I've never had, I've never been superstitious about that. Like, um, yeah, like uh, well, I'll be walking along the street with my son and he'll be singing like, don't step on the cracks, you might fall and break your back. And I'll be like, that's nonsense. Don't worry. That's, you're fine. You're not, you know, and I guess that's like... A, <laughs> Love that. So I play along with him and be like, oh, this is a fun game. But in my head, I'm like, that that's obviously not going to happen. Whereas he's probably thinking, this is a very serious. If I stand on a crack, <laughs> I might break my back. And I'm just, you know, so that it, again, I guess it, I guess it depends on your how your brain's all wired up. What, what about you, Jane? What's your relationship with superstition? As always, I am polar opposite to Ben. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a very superstitious person in life and in running. I think I, I mean, I absolutely won't step on three drains. That's tempting fate I wouldn't like if I see one magpie I get really worried for the whole day I'm like something bad's gonna happen to me today so I'll kind of go out of my way to try and find another magpie I am um really superstitious on race day two um readers readers listeners probably won't know everything about my life but I'm gluten-free and the pickiest eater you'll ever meet so I took all my own food obviously um but I also brought my own bowl and my own cutlery just because I kind of felt like how would I know how much porridge to prepare without seeing it in the bowl um I didn't take pots and pans because we were in an Airbnb and that would have been insane (laughs) but um yeah I definitely everything had to be exactly how I wanted it or the whole race would have been a disaster before I'd even started running so I am that person but that to me that 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 to me sounds like preparedness do you, do you like, think I think that sounds all... quite obsessive not in I don't mean that in a negative way but I think that that's that's quite <laughs> that's quite obsessive I think no you're right it is but I mean for some who takes a bowl but what, I'm running a marathon yeah but, the, but you know uh, some people and particularly you Jane you've had like you know you, you with your um uh, being gluten-free and stuff like that, you've kind of always had to be quite controlling over your food. So I can kind of see from your point of view why that is more likely to be something that you have to have control over anyway. Whereas, like, I wouldn't... If I took a bowl somewhere, that would be slightly... <laughs> <laughs> that would be more weird, I think, because I don't have any of those sort of, like, the, you know, the, the things uh, relating to food and sort of measurements of food and that sort of stuff. So I can kind of like, I see it's definitely superstition, but I also think it's, as Rick said, I think it's slightly obsessive as well. Yeah, I think it's slightly insane. Like not many people travel to a marathon with their own cutlery, do they? I don't know. I think you'd be surprised. I think lots of people do. I think a lot of runners do have um, slight obsessive tendencies and I'm 100% um, putting myself in that category as well. So it'd be interesting to see what Josie Perry has to say, but I think that superstition 
at its root is about control, really. And it's about trying to control as many things and, yeah. and making kind of deals with the world uh, in the idea that actually you're getting all your ducks in a row there. If, if, as long as you go and as long as you do this, you know, then then this will happen. Um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm closer to Jane on my relationship with superstition. I was really superstitious as a kid. It was mainly around football for me. Because like a lot of uh, young kids, I wanted to be a footballer. And looking back, I, I was nowhere near good enough to be a footballer. But um, when I was about, it kind of peaked around sort of 10 to 11 for me, sort of superstitious behaviour. And uh, we, were in this comp- we were in this competition, This um, got to the quarterfinals of this national competition. I remember thinking, right, I really need to do... Um, get all my superstitions uh, you know, together this week and then, and then we might have a chance of winning. And it was always it was quite a lot of number-based stuff for me. So I wanted to do things a certain amount of times, uh, kick a ball a certain amount of times. I, I got into the kind of switching on and off the light as well, which I think is kind of classic OCD stuff. And then um, I remember yeah. this game, we went, it was 4-all and it went to penalties. And I've been practicing this penalty obsessively for like two weeks. I, I wanted to be number three in the shootout as well. That was important to me because that was my favourite number, all this stuff. Um I ran up and took the penalty and it went in. And then the, the referee said, uh, oh, sorry, the goalie wasn't ready. So I was like, what? Hang oh, about. No. So then I, 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 I ran up to take it again and obviously the keeper <laughs> saved it. And I, I thought, you don't, don't get much more unlucky than that. Like I've been doing all these little, I've been ticking all these boxes for like months in my, super, in my superstitious way. And actually I've been incredibly unlucky. And I had a chat with my mum after that uh, and sort of said, look, I'm, I think I've, I've been doing some slightly, you know, superstitious uh, OCD stuff. And after that, I became a bit more like you, Ben, that I act, well, kind of actively anti-superstitious. But it's something I I think I have to manage. How old was, how old was Oh, like, like 11? Story? 11 or 12, oh. yeah. Oh, mate. Breaks my heart. Yeah. 25. <laughs> this was yeah. last I guess, week. At I guess it's meant that like... Uh, because running's a bit been a bit of a fresh start for me from, from that kind of perspective. So like, I've been actively anti superstitious with running because I've because I've gone down that road in football and I've seen. For me, I think I, I think that superstition's very negative. Really, um, if you take it to an, an extreme, I can see why um, certain superstitions can be positive. But um, yeah, so when I when I hear readers talking about you know I, I don't run over three drains or I you know have to put all my my left you know left foot on foot, I actually feel quite sorry for people and I feel like oh right that's that's kind of um that's a shame that you feel yeah, you've got to do that it's quite controlling i mean it, it, it's uh i guess it's that thing of when it when it tips from being like uh i wish myself good luck in this race by like doing these little bits and pieces but i'm just sort of doing these things to add a bit of you know hopefully a bit of bias to my side whereas if it's like as you like with the penalty that you'd say and that sort of stuff like Right, I've drilled this in. I've like I've, everything must go to plan. It must be as precisely as this, 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 and this, and this. Like that, that to me, like that's just elevated all the stress of race day like tenfold because it's like the race is hard enough, and then you've got all the extra bits on top. That's an interesting point, mate. That's um, an interesting point. Yeah, yeah I, I think for some people, like because I think for me, what helped before the race, um, well, Berlin, I'd say, with probably the the race I'm talking about, would be to write down. Um, like I'm controlling what I can control. I literally wrote that about a hundred times because I think I am that superstitious person that I want to, I want to control the weather. We got there, we got to Berlin and it was absolutely pissing it down for the whole day. And I was like, what can I do? Like there's absolutely nothing I can do about the weather, but being able to control what bowl I ate my dinner from the night before made me feel a little bit better. So I kind of feel like sometimes it's just playing a, you know, because I think any race is out of your control, isn't it? You could fall over and hurt yourself or you could, you know, 
you could have a really good race. So I think sometimes for, I guess for people, anything like me, being able to kind of control, you know, what order you get dressed in makes something a little, makes the day a bit better. I don't know. That probably doesn't make sense. No, it makes total sense. I can get it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It makes total sense that you are controlling all the all the factors that I, I wouldn't see getting dressed in a certain order as con, taking control but I can absolutely understand how other people would see that as like right if I do this in a certain way that settles me down that is then then 100% like that is exactly what you have to do so it's, it's, I think it's really interesting that like you know that I just think it's funny that it's super interesting and hopefully Josie will be able to tell us more but like how the people's brains are wired to sort of accept is it logic? It's not really well, no, logic. It's, 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 called, it's kind of irrational. Uh, you know, I think superstition is, right. is irrational, really. Um, but it doesn't stop it being really compelling for people and and or really believable for people. Uh, so I think, um, yeah, that, that, it'll be interesting to think of yeah, what Josie can say about what the brain's doing with um, superstition. I was, I was thinking about other sports stars because I'm I'm a tennis fan as well. Like not not to play, but just to watch. And I and I, 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 um, I look at Rafa Nadal, and he he's definitely definitely superstitious he's um like he gets all his little bottles in a in a, in a row and it, it takes ages actually before he serves i think there's i think there's, he's almost got a kind of physical tick about the amount of times he has to sort of touch his hair and the rest of it and he's clearly kind of doing all that in in the game and, and you know his success speaks for itself but there's definitely a prevalence of this stuff in very high performing sports people where the stakes are high um but he he'd definitely be one i think Definitely. And things like, I mean, imagine like a serve though. He's probably going onto the practice court every single day and doing hundreds of that repetition. And the thing is, the moment you do, if say if he like, because he always tucks his hair behind his ear, right? That's always kind of like, so say if he's like, he started out and he's a kid and he throws up, he does a ball toss and it's perfect. And he realises he tucked his hair behind his ear that one time. He goes, oh, all right, well, that's funny that that happened. And then he does it again. He's like, oh my God, wait a sec tucking my hair so then that's what that's that's the seed the seed's planted and then all of a sudden he's just like the foundations of, of that movement which he's repeating hundreds of times a day that all of a sudden i think mean, i mean this is completely speculative i have no absolutely no training in like behavioral whatever whatever I'm, whatever I'm talking about but it just it's it's really interesting that that's like where these superstitions come from especially with sport where you've got like superstitions which have existed in culture and for people for years you know like touching wood or where does that come from and all those sorts of things but within sport it's all about performance it's all personal based so you're kind of like you know you're taking something that's probably you've you've created that superstition rather than like it being like a commonplace superstition yeah like a learnt one yeah because i wonder if our parent like I wonder, Ben, if your parents are more chill and that's why you're not superstitious, whereas my nan would actively cross the street if there was a black cat coming. So maybe like it's just how we've been brought up and maybe sports people, like you say, that that one marathon where I wore one shoe tighter than the other, now I have to do that forever. Yeah, and it's interesting where it fits into your, your personality and your life, Jane, because, you know, like, as you were saying, you're, you think you're a superstitious person, you've possibly got some had some you know ocd stuff and anxiety issues and i think i'm i'm in that yes. camp as well and i and and we're both kind of superstitious and i, I kind of think that, that, that these things are are in the same yeah in the same world really and actually you can't look at superstition uh you can't isolate it from what your general personality is like yeah i completely completely agree 
But Rick, you you found a study about this. Oh yes, you? I did. I did a bit of googling in uh, in Kerry's absence, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so an article um, appeared in the International Journal of Psychology and Behavioural Sciences. And it stated that superstition has its roots in our species youth when our ancestors could not understand the forces and whims of the natural world. Um, by alleviating anxiety, superstitions may objectively improve performance. So uh, Stuart Weiss, who I think is uh, sort of one of the world experts on this, uh, author of Believing in Magic, The Psychology of Superstition, explains, uh, there is evidence that positive luck-enhancing superstitions provide a psychological benefit that can improve skilled performance. So very much what Jane's saying, I think if you... Um, you go through this, you tick off the list, and then you feel like when you get to the start line of a race, you, you're um, you know, you're, you're ready to go and, and you're you're ready to put in a good performance. So I can see how it can be advantageous. I just think I just think it's dangerous territory, as Stevie Wonder said in song Ben. I'm just not even gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone Could be an athlete Could be a physio Or a complete unknown Thanks for joining us. That's right, thank you for having me. No, we're glad, glad you're using the new mic as well, Jason. Very professional. Good, good, good to have a, a professional on the call. Sounds good, yeah. Sounds really clear. Excellent. So, yeah, so, so essentially, yeah, we're talking about uh, running superstitions. We've been chatting away for about 20 minutes about our own relationship with... Uh, with running superstitious, which spans everything from being incredibly superstitious to not being superstitious at all. So, uh, it's You're super superstitious. Uh, well, I think actually, me and Jane are, are both have been or are really superstitious. Yeah, I I was really superstitious as a kid, and it was mainly around football because that was my main um, sport growing up. And I think it got to a point where it was like it was a lot of it was kind of number based. So I'd try and do like try and kick a ball three times because that was my favorite number um but I, i've yeah basically i was really superstitious and then then i kind of uh yeah i didn't really get it didn't really get me anywhere ultimately and then i bec- then i sort of become kind of almost anti-superstitious but I, I think i have to manage it as a a sort of constant thing okay cool what about you jane and um, i think i'm pr- pretty similar but i think if I, you know, I know that if I don't do a certain amount of things before a race, I will not stand on that start line and feel okay. So I've never not done them because I don't want to ever do the race where I haven't done them, if that makes sense. So I think, yeah, it works because I can't imagine not eating from this bowl or, you know, wearing these socks or doing all the weird little things I have to do to make me feel okay. But kind of like Rick said, I think I... I'm like that as a person anyway. So I'm kind of like, would never step on three drains, would never walk under a ladder. So I don't know whether I just bring that kind of nervous tick to my But what would happen if you had a really big race and you couldn't find your favourite cereal bowl or you'd lost your socks? I don't know. I don't know. I think I would go into... Actually, I do know. I think I'd go into a wild panic... And I would cry a lot and I'd have to be kind of talked off a ledge and convinced to race. That's what would happen. That's the risk with superstitions. If you lose something or or you mentioned those three drains, which um, somebody told me when I did my first marathon and I religiously stuck to running around them. But I hate to think of the extra mileage I did in my first marathon. Like having to zigzag, getting in everybody's way. They were probably all swearing about me. Um, so if you do something that annoys others... Or you end up um, losing something that's really key. 
um, there's a brilliant story of the sprinter Jodie Williams who lost a little elephant charm and she'd done 151 races with this elephant charm and she'd won all of them and then she lost her charm and she lost the next race when it's that powerful to you that you feel like you can't do it without it's quite risky and I think it's because we we all want to feel a bit more in control and we want to feel like um, we're in control of what's about to happen to us, not kind of fate. But actually, the irony in there is we are leaving it much more to something we don't have any control over, whether we remember to put the right colour T-shirt on or whether we bounced the ball five times before we served. Do you think are there are sort of specific reasons why someone is superstitious or is it just a sort of a character trait that some people have and some don't is it because we I mean Rick just um referenced a study which was to do with uh uh it was to do with some people mankind being unable to explain things in you know when we were uh a, a more primitive mankind I guess or something and it was to do with that sort of human nature side of stuff is it is that sort of realistic to think that that's where it comes from yeah, I think they tend to start when something has worked for us previously. And obviously, as athletes, we're always looking back at what gave us that good race. And we're looking for kind of patterns in training or performance. And, oh, that really worked well then, I'll do it again. And sometimes those are very rational, sensible things. I, I did really good training in the build-up. I got a brilliant week's worth of sleep. Um, sometimes they're not so rational things. There's one I love that comes from um, Laura Kenny, the cyclist. And apparently when she was a junior, she stepped on a wet towel by mistake before going onto the track. And so she had a soggy foot, but she won the race. And so she does it ever more. And so there is an absolutely no logical reason that that's going to help you. But it's almost that placebo effect. If you think it might, and there's no harm in it, it doesn't really matter. Would you say there's only you would only not do it if, like, when you were weaving between and disrupting other people or when you absolutely couldn't race without it? How do you know when your superstition's kind of getting out of control, I think is what I'm trying to say. So I always, for, for so many things in, in running, I often get people to ask the question, for all the different behaviours they're doing, will this help me run better? And you can do that for so many things. I once heard of somebody having to see a certain number of magpies in the car on the way to their events. Is that going to help me run better? No. And actually it's going to help you run worse because you're going to be panicked that you might not see the required number of magpies. Um, But actually is having to have a jam sandwich before my race is going to help me run better? Well, it might do if it's actually the required amount of sugar and carbs that I need to feel like I'm in a good place if it triggers that feeling inside of me that yeah I'm up for the challenge ahead of me so I think for a lot of stuff in running it's asking yourself will this help me or will this hinder me and that helps you make that decision of whether you kind of need to curtail it and find other things to do ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You mentioned that a lot of um, top athletes are superstitious. I, w- I wonder w- what are the what would you say some of the advantages then of um, of believing and practicing superstition? I think for some people it kind of feels like you've got a bit of a, a magic power in your back pocket. Yeah, right. And, okay, there's no rational element there at all. But if it makes you feel more powerful, if it gives you a little bit of extra confidence, confidence is very powerful as an athlete. So I can absolutely mm. see why somebody might have one. And if there's no harm in doing it, you then fear there might be harm in not doing it. And so you just carry on and then it becomes a habit. And you're right, there are so many kind of top, top athletes that have them. Um, When I've looked through, I've seen people like Serena Williams, Ronaldo, Michael Jordan, Bjorn Borg, Rafael Nadal. Lots of the tennis players have them. It seems really strong in tennis. Um, Yeah, I was saying Nadal before you you came on. Yeah, you You can really see that he's going through a kind of checklist of things he yeah. has to do when he plays and his book is fascinating um because if someone's focused too much on superstitions what we try to do is move them over to pre-race routines they are short task-led activities that are much more helpful towards the event so the type of warm-up you're doing making sure your kit and equipment is right certain mental skills but you read how nadal prepares for big matches and those routines and the superstitions, there's there's dozens and dozens of them. And they'll go on for four or five hours. Wow. And some of them will be super helpful. Getting a massage before you go out and play so that you're really relaxed. Making sure you put your headband on so that your hair isn't, it's not going to slip and your hair get in your eyes. That's helpful. But lining up all your water bottles so they face exactly the same direction probably isn't as helpful. My worry with this stuff, Josie, is that it could these sort of sporting superstitions or these running superstitions could easily bleed over into your non-running life. I almost feel like there's a sort of almost a kind of contagious aspect to superstition where suddenly you're being superstitious not just about running or sport, you're being you're being superstitious about absolutely everything. Um do you in your experience is, is that how you know, is there is there a worry that superstition can grow exponentially and become a, a huge problem? I think it's probably, that's more in personality traits. So um, a personality trait I work with a huge amount is perfectionism. It's quite rare someone comes to see me with some 
element of anxiety around their sport and they're not a perfectionist. And so actually often you might have a superstition because you've got some anxiety around your sport and you're almost trying to soothe that anxiety. You're trying to bring in a bit more control. Um, And that might well come from that perfectionism. The problem with perfectionism is it makes you very, very rigid. And actually what can make us a much better athlete is being really agile and flexible, both physically and mentally. Um, And when you're mentally much more agile and you can switch and change with whatever's going on in life, you can cope much better with anything. So I imagine the people that have struggled the most over lockdown over the last year are those who are probably quite rigid, have lots of routines in place, like to do things a certain way. And suddenly that's all been ripped away from them. And that's much harder to deal with mentally than if you're able to kind of chop and change and adapt and be very agile all the time. Do you have any uh, running superstitions of your own, Josie? The only one I ever had was um, a a friend told me just before I did my first marathon back in, I guess, 2004, um, that if you ran over three drain covers... It was the same size as a coffin and something horrible <laughs> right. happened to you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's yeah. something horrible being um, death, I assume, is the, is the connotations. Yeah. Pretty much, right. dying your marathon. Um, so, yes, I did my first London in 2004. I did all of the training dodging drain covers. I did the race dodging drain covers. And I probably carried on for a few more years afterwards until I was really addressing this going this is ridiculous. I'm actually going to twist an ankle at some point. Um, and now I purposely run over them because I'm trying to prove to myself that nothing comes of running with drain covers. I don't blame you. If someone told me that, okay, I don't think I'd ever run. I think I'd just stay indoors forever. W- would you Would you encourage other people then to to challenge some of their superstitions, Josie? Do you think actually like the same way that you no longer are avoiding drain covers? I'd imagine it's quite uncomfortable, isn't it, to challenge these beliefs particularly if you think something bad is going to happen if you don't kind of adhere to what you've been doing yes yeah it's very hard to challenge them but actually I would say it's really important to try because there was lots of talk last five ten years in kind of sports psychology about how we're trying to make athletes as mentally tough as possible and it's all about mental toughness and the more and more I work with athletes the less I see that being a real strength. I think the real strength comes when you're mentally agile and you can be really flexible because you can just adapt to whatever's going on without it becoming a really big issue, without it becoming a big stress. And so actually, the more adaptive you can be, the more flexible you can be in sport and everyday life, the easier everything feels and you just have less kind of stress and less pressures. So a really nice tactic we use um, more generally in psychology is something called yes-no, where if somebody is quite rigid, they're likely to be if they have these type of superstitions, we practice every day for a week either doing something you would never normally do or not doing something you always do. So that might be if you are someone that wakes up in the morning and immediately makes your bed, try not doing that for a week because it will make you feel uncomfortable. But actually, once you start getting used to that discomfort, you've become a little bit more flexible. Um, And so finding just little things 
that aren't significant, but that will put you a little bit out of your your comfort zone can be really helpful. And then over time, you can get to that point of, right, I'm going to do a really important training session, not doing my superstition. And then I'm going to try a low level race, not doing my superstition until suddenly you've kind of built yourself out of it. I think that's really, that's that's really great advice. I think I can see that working definitely. Um, Josie, thanks so much for for coming on the podcast and talking about um, running superstitions. It's such a big subject, isn't it? I feel like it's kind of uh, there's, there's a lot to be uh, talked about. But we really appreciate getting some genuinely expert um, insights into uh, why people have superstitions and, and what they can do. I guess if if they start getting out of control. Thank you for having me. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. Thanks very much to our guest, Josie Perry, and thanks to you for listening. Let us know what you think of the episode at podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. Subscribe to Runners World magazine today to get three issues for just £5. Visit hearstmagazines.co.uk slash runnersworldpodcast to get this exclusive listener offer. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes, and all of your favourite podcast apps. Just search Runners World UK. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't already, and we will see you again next week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.